Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. I'm very excited today. I am joined by Dylan Flynn from Columbus, Ohio. He has a project called Pass the Base and he is here to tell you all about it. So Dylan, here's the floor. It's all for you, buddy. So as this fine gentleman said, my name's Dylan. I got my first bass guitar when I was 15 years old. Approximately five months after getting the bass, I suffered a traumatic brain injury and an auto accident. The neurological damage I'm not really able to play. Um, shit, my memory just went out. No problem, buddy. <laughs> hey, that's, that's uh, beginning. My name's Dylan. Uh, I got my first space when I was 15 years old. Suffering a, a traumatic brain injury shortly later, I'm, I'm not really able to play. I'm 36 now. Coming up on six years ago, I started past the bass. I've been getting bassists to play mine. Bands let me sell merchandise at shows. I sell a little online. And the money goes to the Brain Injury Association of America. I'd say over 50 bassists. I don't keep track. Um, I probably should, but, you know, it's gotten so many, I it's kind of hard to keep track. But oh, I'd say over 50 bassists have played mine, and over $16,000 has been donated. Um, I mean, I'd say three weeks will be six years. It's pretty much one man campaign. Just trying to do everything I can to make more people aware of this and keeping my fingers crossed, turn it into something bigger. Um, I mean, if, if you look up past the base on Facebook, you'll find plenty of information. Um, after the injury, my mother was, I spent 12 days in a coma. My mother was told that I wouldn't live and then that I'd spend my life in a nursing home. I ended up walking out of rehab about 10 weeks after the injury. I've lived an independent life ever since. Having greatly exceeded expectations, um, whether delusional or not, I kind of feel like the ideal individual to spread awareness of this. My point of view is regardless how many classes they take, how many books they read, how many patients they see, unless they ever suffer their own, no neurologist will ever have the slightest clue what it's like to live with a brain injury. And having suffered the damage that I did, but so greatly exceeded expectations. I feel like I can voice what people going through situations similar to mine better than them. And I just want to make people aware of what it's like to live with a brain injury as best I can and do what I can to improve the lives of everyone out there struggling with a brain injury. Nice, man. That is a very noble cause. 
Um, so before we get into your brain injury and like the, the, the details of that, let's talk about who has played your bass for the, for everybody watching this right now. We were plagued with technical difficulties and this is the third time we're recording this. So he's already gone through this, but we're going to get him to go through it one more time because he's a great sport. Dylan, who's played your bass that you have that you remember? Okay, so um, prior to starting this campaign, the concept of just getting bassists to play mine so it wasn't just laying around and crossed my mind. The first two to play were Chris Two with Anti Flag and Joe Ginsburg, who plays with. Chuck Reagan and the Revival Tour. At that point, the only friend I'm still in touch with from high school suggested that I kill two birds with one stone and get some use out of this base so it's not just laying in my closet while raising money. Um, I'd say approximately three weeks so it'll it'll have been six years since i started this um the most well-known bassists who played it are fat mike with no effects matt freeman with rancid ken casey with dropkick murphy's um i'd say hands down the most well-known is mark hoppus with blink 182 um, I mean, there's, there, there's definitely a lot out there. Joe Principe with Rise Against is one of the greatest toots out of their name to the list. Um, I mean, it comes and goes who I can recall, but off the top of my head, those are a handful. I mean, I don't, I don't want to seem unappreciative of the others. I want to one day have this over 50, be over 5,000. So I'm very grateful to everyone who's played it. Um, but watch Mark Hoffman is who got me interested in bass. So, I mean, that was a real fucking honor to watch him play mine. Yep, right off the um, bat, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um. My, I gotta say I'm a little disappointed. My favorite bassist is Dan Andriano with Alkaline Trio. Oh, I love I've, Alkaline Trio. I've traveled over thirty thousand. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I've traveled over twenty thousand miles to see them around thirty-five times. He fooled around with mine once before a set with one of the side bands he's in. Um, the Dan Adriano in the emergency room? I don't think that was it, but that might have been it. He doesn't, I mean, he's in the Falcon, the emergency room. He does a couple other things. Um, I know it wasn't, actually, you know what? I can't say I know anything. <laughs> I, I just, I, the only thing I know is it wasn't Alkaline Trio. Um, 
I ran into him once after an Alkaline Trio show. He said, bring it to the next show. I'll play it during the set. Now, in his defense, it wasn't the next show I brought it to. It was the next, next show. Oh, you broke so, it. So you broke technically, the rule. So technically, well, technically he wasn't lying because I didn't bring it to the next show. But still, I, I brought it to a show. I gave it to one of the their crew guys. He didn't end up playing it. And I got to say, I significantly, significantly prefer these people. That Mike played it um, in the dressing room once. I have a P-Base Deluxe, and I guess those are too heavy for him. He has some back problems, so he wouldn't play it during the set. Mark Hoppus did during soundcheck. Um... Uh, Jay Bentley with um, Bad Religion played it in the dressing room before me first in the Gimme Gimme show, but he said he would play it during the set of a Bad Religion show. I greatly prefer during the set. But with Dan Andriano, I mean, if I was the only one watching and listening to hear him play a song during sound check, I would be fucking forever grateful. Um, I mean, in vain, I want to watch and hear him play in vain while singing that song. I'd give a fucking kidney to have that happen. I have to say it wouldn't be my kidney, but I'd give a kidney <laughs> for it. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I it, right? There are kidney beans out there. <laughs> technicalities right <laughs> yeah um i mean fingers crossed one day i'll be able to add his name i'd love to get mike dirt with uh oh, with green, green day. day that that would be an honor to watch that um i mean i have such a shitty memory because of this injury but i know there are other specific basis out there that I want to contribute to this campaign. But like I said, I just love to turn that over 50 into over 5,000. So, I mean, you play bass, you find yourself in the Columbus area, you, you're, you're doing a show, let's add your name to this list. Um, I actually know some guys who are going to be touring in the States soon. Um, I know a bunch of horror punk guys in the States too. Uh, this podcast, hopefully we'll be able to get that word out to some of those people so we can get some people to play your fucking bass, man. The more the merrier. That's awesome, buddy. That's awesome. Okay. So let's go into the guys who've helped you do this. Um, you were saying earlier, Kevin Lyman and uh, the manager of Flogging Molly. Yes, um, those two have um, contributed the most to making this campaign uh, progress. I met Casey Kress, who is currently Flogging Molly's tour manager, at um, uh, Chuck Reagan who is Hot Water Music's lead singer and guitarist. 
um, side show. Their bassist at the time is Joe Principe, and he played my bass. Um, I saw them two nights in a row. He played it at one of the shows. Then I probably hadn't seen Casey for maybe two years. Um, talking about a coincidence, I um, went on Vlogging Molly's first uh, Salty Dog Cruise six years ago. And I was um, standing back by the uh, sound equipment before Vlogging Molly set. Uh, I must have just been talking to some random people. I'm sure just talking about music. We're on a fucking cruise listening to bands. Um, and conveniently, Casey had become Foggy Molly's tour manager. I didn't recognize him, but fortunately he recognized me. He came up and said, hey, um, at the time, he gave me his uh, email address, and over the past, well, as things progressed, uh, he ended up giving me his cell phone number. Over the past six years, he um, he got me into a Rise Against show where Joe from Rise Against played my bass. He got me into a Fat Records anniversary show where um, Fat Mike with no effects and Joe Rapiso from Lagwagon played my bass. He's got me into um, uh, a Punk and Drublick show. Um, he got me into a handful of Flogging Molly shows. I was going to be able to sell it three Flogging Molly shows three years ago. The first one was going to be in uh, Indianapolis about 10 minutes before I got to the venue. I had a seizure and crashed my car. Ended up missing all three shows. As a result of that, I lost my license for 10 months and I missed a lot of shows, which it's pretty damn disappointing. Um, Anti-Flag has been a pretty big help with this. Um, their lead singer, um, God, I feel like a dick. I'm blanking on his name. Anti-Flag is uh, just insane. Just insane, yes. Um, I met him uh, once. He... He gave me his cell phone number. I really fucking regret it. I deleted it. I thought it was uh, inappropriate of me to ask him for it. I thought maybe because uh, he was intoxicated, he gave it to me. So I ended up deleting it. And I wish I hadn't. But he he's told me that I'm welcome to sell at any of their shows. Um, they played... Uh, the third show I would have sold that for that Floggy Molly tour three years ago. Um, Anti-Flag opened up for him. 
and then not being able to drive for those 10 months, I missed another anti-flag show. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to get to these shows when you can't drive. I've lived a pretty uh, anti-social life, unfortunately, since my brain injury. So I go to the vast majority of these shows alone and think it'd be pretty costly to take a Uber for two hours. Don't think that would uh, probably be worth it. So uh, yeah, I just, I've gone mostly to local shows. Um, and in Ohio, the bigger shows tend to be in uh, Cleveland. So yeah, I've missed quite a few of those over the past couple years. Um, but then Kevin Lyman, um, maybe five years ago, I got in touch with uh, Gavin Caswell, who is currently Census Fails guitarist. Um, at the time, he played bass for them. I was able to get in touch with him over Facebook. He played my bass at a show in Cincinnati. Or, you know, actually, I think I just met him at a show in Cincinnati, and then he ended up playing it at a show in uh, Cuyahoga Falls up by Cleveland. Oh, nice. And at the Cuyahoga Falls show, um, one of the employees with the Warp Tour was able to take me backstage. Um, I was able to get on Lyman's tour bus and hang out with him for, I don't know, a half hour or something, just talking about the concept of this campaign. Um, things progressed with him, like Flogging Molly's tour manager. I've stayed in touch. Uh, established a decent relationship with him. Um, I flew down to San Francisco to sell the two shows that were for the last year of the Warp Tour two years ago. Hands down the best Warp Tours I've ever been to. Um, Anti-Flag's my favorite band. Um, Bad Religion was there. Don't know why I didn't get a uh, J um, to play my bass during that set. The Offspring were there. It would have been cool to get my bass played by their bassist. Um, it's no longer Greg. I can't recall the name of who's playing bass for them now. Um, but Kevin's got me on stage to promote it shows. He got um, Alternative Press to do an article about the campaign. I maybe a few weeks ago, I bought a plane ticket to fly down to L.A. And I was going to hang out with Kevin for a few days in um, Los Angeles and do some podcasts and everything we could put together in four or five days to spread the word of this. 
because of this virus, I decided to delay the trip. I'll wait until I'll get a vaccine and then reschedule. But, I mean, he, he's a damn good man, and I'm very grateful and lucky to have met him. So, I mean, I believe with every beat of my heart, this campaign has the potential to become something significantly bigger. Hell yeah. Even after six years... You know, I once looked up the definition of campaign, and to me, I don't think a campaign can be one person, but I think from the definition I read, a campaign can actually be a one-man little shindig. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, you hear campaigning, and you think at least a small group of people, um, but I would love to... And legitimate isn't the right word. I mean, this couldn't be more legitimate. I'm not trying to screw anyone over or do anything. I mean, this passive base epitomizes legitimate. But I guess I want to turn it into something more official. I want to make more people aware of this. And, I mean, you've got like the, the what is it, Susan B. Komen out there. For breast cancer, I mean, people all over the world know about that. I want to make people all over the world know about passive base. I mean, to, to all you fine gentlemen out there, you wear one of these passive base shirts, you'll be on the cover of GQ. You'll be beating women off with wiffle ball bats. Oh, and you get one women, I mean, you, you, you don't want to hurt them. You just want to deter them. So they're going to have to be wiffle ball. No means no, ladies. <laughs> and, and to you women, you'll be walking runways in Paris and Milan in one of these. These epitomize fashion. I don't know if it's... You heard uh, them. You heard I don't them. know if it's just a bullshit rumor, but I've heard that um, Klein, Lauren and Hilfiger are filing for bankruptcy because of these shirts. You can't prove him wrong. <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, um, I just... June 6th is going to be 21 years since I've suffered my brain injury. I mean, I, I lived 21 out of 36 years with this injury. And... I feel like um, given some assistance, I could make passive base something. I mean, I got to say I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy. I couldn't care less if people know who I am. I'd be grateful to be doing all the leg work and having someone else take credit for this. As long as I get to go to those fucking free concerts. Yeah. But, but, um, I don't care if you know who Dylan Flynn is. I want you to know what Passive Base is, what it stands for, and, um, do whatever part you could. Just tell, I mean, to, to everyone who's seen Wayne's World 2, when Mike Myers is talking to um, 
Kia, I believe is the name of the woman who plays his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers thinks he's cheating on her. She's cheating on him. And uh, she asks him where he comes up with this. And he says, you know how these things start? You tell two people who tell two people who tell two people. If that's all you can do, please, everyone who's watching this, just tell two people about Passive Base. And hopefully they'll tell two people, they'll tell two people, and I, w I don't want anybody, okay, I don't think there's no way people aren't going to struggle with brain injuries. There's no way that's not going to happen. But I want their struggles to be as minimal as possible. I want, I want to, whether it's 99% or 1%, I want to do everything I can to improve the lives of everyone out there struggling with brain injuries. That's awesome, man. I can respect that hugely. Um, my partner, Alex, actually has, uh, I don't know if it's actually exactly a brain injury, but she had epilepsy when she was younger and she actually had surgery for it. So uh, she can relate. She can relate. I can relate from an external point of view. Um, you're definitely a great man for what you're doing. What kind of base is it? Um, it's a P-Base Deluxe. I love me a good P base. The first base I had was a uh, Fender Squire. Um, then I had a <clears throat> that unfortunately burnt down in a house fire. Oh. Um, then I got a P base um, Mexican, and now I have this P base Deluxe. At one point, I um, bought a Fender Mustang, and I, when I went down to that last warp tour in um, Mountain View two years ago, I gave the Mustang to Kevin Lyman. Um, he he took it to a golf tournament and got after getting some signatures on and it. Auctioned it off. Yes. Nice. Um, I, I can't recall. I don't think he ever told me any names about the uh, people who signed it. But, I mean, I'd love to make more people aware of this. I'd love to get a base signed by Mark Hoppus, by Mike Dirt. Um, I mean, eventually turn this into something bigger and Get, I mean, well, well I think um, Anti-Flag, Alkaline Trio, um, Floggy Molly, Dropkick Murphys, well, that's the music that I hold dear to my heart. It's, on in the scheme of things, it's not very well known. And I would prefer to um, get some more mainstream bases to take part and sign and auction some shit. Um, 
unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I guess I could look at it both ways. It'll probably raise more money. I mean, I'd rather have a base signed by um, Fat Mike or Dan Andriano than these mainstream bases. But if we auction those, those will bring in a lot more money. And the whole concept of this campaign is to bring in money. You know what I you mean, should do? There's a bassist out there who's just a bassist. He's a famous session bassist. His name is Mono Neon. You should see if you can get a hold of him through uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, he's one of those guys. He's an exhibitionist type bass player. He might do it. You never know. No harm in trying. He's one of those. He's kind of one of those mainstream guys, right? Yeah, like I said, no harm in trying. I'll definitely Google I mean, it, up, right? Might as well. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel comfortable saying that over a million people know about this campaign. Kevin Lyman got um, Alternative Press to do an article about it. Um, I don't know how popular it is. Uh, but it's all dying. Well, no, I mean dying scene. Dying scene did an article about it. I think it's kind of a well followed. Um, yeah, living in living in Denver for two years. A magazine named Westward did an article about it. Um, I did greatly exceed expectations, but I still have significant struggles as a result of this brain injury. I live off of social security disability and I get food assistance. Um, I went on Floggy Molly's cruise two years ago. I ended up uh, depositing like a little over $2,000 into my bank account. I sat down immediately afterwards and made a donation. I ended up having my food assistance taken away. I went in and showed them, hey, I this did make this. This is a donation. This. Like, this is a donation receipt. Well, yeah. Well, I showed them the confirmation email for the donation. I I, I think I actually showed them my bank statement saying, uh, hey, the, the, this uh $2,000 went to the brain entry association. Yeah, it's not mine. There. Yeah. Um, they told me that um, potentially you could get your food assistance back tomorrow. I didn't get it back. I took, um, while living in Denver, I also made some donations to the uh, Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. Um, I went in to talk about getting my food assistance back with an employee from the Brain Injury Alliance. And again, they told me potentially I could get my food assistance back. I still didn't. So I reached out to um, the local Denver CBS, ABC, and NBC on Facebook. Um, ABC and NBC didn't respond, but CBS did. And a reporter came to my place twice and did an interview with me. Um, 
I have to assume that airing on CBS it got you your food assistance that, that, back. <laughs> well, well, it, I mean that that was great. I did immediately get my food assistance back, but my bigger concern was making more people aware of this, and I have to. I mean, it was unfortunate timing. It aired almost immediately, maybe two weeks before this damn lockdown. So I had people reaching out to me saying they wanted to play my bass, wanted to let me sell at shows. And then it got then cut all, right all, off. Yeah, all of a sudden it's gone. Oh. Uh, I, I think it's safe to assume that um, at the least it made a lot more people aware of this campaign which is, um, for the time being, the ultimate goal. The, the sales, the donations, the money raised, well, the, the more people who know, the better. That's so, right, then. I mean, baby steps is what it's all about. One, like you said, two people. They tell two people. They tell two people. I can't pull my toes up, but it, it gets big quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, when I went on that Floggy Molly cruise, um, I talked to a guy, I think he lives in, yeah, he, he lived in Florida, lives in Florida. Um, he told me he saw, so Ken with Dropkick Murphys is a uh, left-handed bassist. So, Unfortunately, he wouldn't play my bass during the set. He uh, played, I couldn't tell you the name of it, some song during sound check. It looked pretty damn weird with it uh, being flipped over. Uh, but he did going it the wrong. he's a good bassist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like I say, it looked weird. It sounded absolutely perfect. But um, then... Uh, when I met this guy on the cruise, he uh, told me that Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys mentioned the campaign at a show in Florida, which put a big fucking smile on my face. Um, I really wish I had a better memory. Um, I'm pretty sure that we can let that slide considering the circumstances. <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of the bassist or the band he's in, but um, somebody um, sent me a picture on Facebook of uh, one of these great bassists. I... Um, Ran into him at a show in uh, Denver. Ran into him at that warp tour in Mountain View. Um, but a couple years ago, somebody, he, he played uh, guitar with me first in the Gimme Gimme's when I met uh, Jay Bentley. Um, but somebody sent me a picture of him wearing a passive bass shirt at a show in Europe or some other country. That was pretty fucking cool to see. That's awesome, um, man. Um, an, another, uh, they're, they're from Sweden, so they're 
less well known, but they're still moderately well known. Uh, Mill and Colin. Mill and Colin's pretty well known. It's close, but no cigar. And I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, Nick Nikolai, I think it's Nikolai. Um, their bassist and lead singer. I mean, the vast majority of these bassists who played it only play it for one song, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful, but um, the, the Masked Intruders bassist played it for the whole set. I love um, the Masked Intruders. Actually, I have a couple of friends of mine. Um, whenever there was a Fat Wreck tour that came through town, um, they used to live above me. And uh, whenever a Fat Wreck show would come around, they would have the, the bands come over and stay at their place. So Masked Intruder, they got a picture of Masked Intruder and all their masks sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast. And I had... Uh, I had... Um, the bases from Descendants come and hang out after a show one time too. Smashed Intruder is just a bunch of sweethearts. Um, yeah, he he played it for the whole set. Um, Gavin Caswell, who I believe I mentioned, used to play bass for Census Fail. Uh, plays guitar now. But he played it for the whole set at a warp tour a few years ago. Um, but Nikolai from Millencolin played it for half the set, which was pretty fucking cool to watch. Um, and I have to assume that, um, I mean, fingers crossed, Tim wearing his passive bass shirt, um, them letting me sell it a show. Hopefully, that at least gets the word spread to a minimal degree in Sweden. Hell um, yeah. On the, on the Salty Dog Cruise, I would say a pretty damn good percentage of those people aren't from America. So, um, I mean, it's definitely, the word's definitely out there in other countries. Um for now, like I say, baby steps. Um, Ohio aware of this. Then everyone in the Atlantic time zone, everyone in the U.S., and then let's get everyone in the world. I don't care if you're... You know, it'll put a fucking ear-to-ear -ear smile on my face when one day I see a one-year-old's first words pass the base. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. It's, it's not mom, it's not dad, it's not yes, it's not no. So it'll technically be three words, but the first three words that come out of that young boy or girl's mouth pass the base. Nice, buddy. That's awesome. Dylan, you are an absolute gem, man. Um, I want you to come back on the podcast later so we can go over all of this again and we can talk about uh, some more of the bassists who have played your bass. And uh, hopefully by then, 
we found it this this lockdown and this virus cleared up a little bit and hopefully um we can get some people up around canada here passing the base absolutely and you know i gotta say i'm very grateful for this i mean i want people i mean the more people who know the better but Tomorrow, I'm doing my first podcast with Kevin Lyman, and I am so fucking looking forward to that. I don't know why it hadn't crossed my mind to suggest it in the past, but we have it scheduled for tomorrow. So, I mean... Would you... I I don't want to intrude, but would you do me a favor and mention this podcast to Mr. Kevin Lyman? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it during the podcast tomorrow. Yeah. During the podcast. That's, I wasn't expecting that, but Hey man, if you want to do that, I will hopefully eventually come down to Columbus and play your bass myself. (laughs) Um, absolutely. Just shoot me a message and remind me to tomorrow and I'll gladly do it. Awesome. Dylan. You're a gem, man. You're a gem. And uh, I hope- you have any idea how fucking insulted I am when you call me a gem? That <laughs> I'm, is, I'm that sorry. Is the, that that is the epitome of an understatement. There were seven. There was a seven-year-long study at Harvard that concluded that I am the most justifiably arrogant man in the world. So when you call me a gem. Uh, I mean, not the fucking understatement. <laughs> I feel so I feel so fucking belittled when you call me a gem. Oh my lord, you are you are uh, an undiscovered alien civilization, my friend. You are an, an anomaly. <laughs> I am. I came to that conclusion years ago, but we might have come to it for different reasons. <laughs> Fantastic. This has been great, man. Um, I'm going to ask you to uh, stick around after the after this for a minute. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll uh, chat it up and we'll exchange some contact info. Dylan Flynn, pass the base. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And from Canada and from uh, Trash Talk and from myself, Nate Trash, um, I hope we can get to a million people who play that bass, man. I hope we can get that bass played to splinters. <laughs> and then get Sounds a new good. one. Sounds good. Awesome, buddy. It's been great. Uh, so, that was another episode of Trash Talk. Thank you, everybody, for who tuned in. Um, I'm Nate Trash. And uh, go check out Kyle McCart Podcast. Go check out... Uh, go check out Getting Late with Big Nate. Uh, go check out Shat Music. Go check out all Canadian artists, American artists, worldwide artists, and don't be an asshole, please.